Hey there, everybody. This is your host, Miles Biggs, and I do thank you for joining us for another episode of Relish the Journey. If you haven't already done so, please hit subscribe, take a moment to leave a review, share this episode or a past episode with your friends. If you like it, maybe they will too. Follow us online at RTJ Podcast on all the socials and help us grow our following of dedicated travelers. This week's episode is a gentleman named Nick Mann, and Nick is the man. He is the man behind Typo Prints, a company set on turning dreamers into doers through motivational designs. We had a great conversation about what it's like to be a graphic designer and start your own business, our shared mastermind contact and how we met, and some really killer ways that he looks at how graphic design is actually a solver of visual problems. And just love, love, love that idea and more that's packed in this episode. So without further ado, the one and only Nick Mann. All right, Nick Mann, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Miles. So how many times growing up did you hear, Nick, you're the man with a last name like that? Actually, not not really. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> and I think that's a little too positive. Total total <laughs> flop of an intro there. See, my name is Miles Biggs. I got all the time, like kilometers, smalls, or you know, I was the chubby kid, so it was like Miles can't run the mile and stuff like that. So whenever I see somebody that's got a name like that, I always just assume they had horrible teasing, like I did <laughs> growing up. So. Oh, I can definitely see for that, but see, the thing is, like, Nick the Man, like, that's not necessarily teasing, so it's like, that's kind of the reason why kids never really go towards it. Got it, that's true, yeah, they tend to gravitate towards the, the cruel and unusual, mm. not the motivational. Yeah, they definitely like to get a reaction, that's kind of sure. what they always get out. Well, that's a good segue without me even trying it, when I say the word motivational, because your business is all about the motivational. Yes, it is. For people that haven't heard of you or your business, why don't you give us the rundown? Give us the name and what you do and where they can find you, all those things. Yes, um, I am the owner of Typo Prints. That is T-Y-Y-P-O-Prints.com. We make dreamers into doers through motivational prints. And uh, what I'll start with is from my background, graduating from college as a graphic designer, and one of the key skills about what uh, college presented was being able to design great print products. And so with that knowledge of me knowing that and seeing other prints that were saying motivational sayings that were just absolutely cringe or terrible or nothing to them all. So I tried to figure out, hey, what's create really amazing design work that people would want in their house? And that's where Typo Print started with. And some of the best ways to define me is definitely on social media, precisely Instagram and Pinterest, just because that's where the biggest factors of where you can see my prints. So I definitely always recommend checking that out. I've been doing a lot of posting of the prints and actual real world settings that you can see right in people's houses, as well as uh, I'm being grabbing towards to the processes of how I create these, these print products as well. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'll definitely I'll make sure I link up to all that so people can find you. Um, I'm curious about first the name because I know you spell it with two Y's, but when I hear typo, you know, you think of, oh, I made a typo. I made a mistake. Was that on purpose or what, what's the story behind how you landed with that name? Yeah, it was actually an accident because I was searching through different ways of thinking, how can I write 
a good uh, business name. And I'm thinking like, I really want to do about typography. I really want to be about design. I want to be about printing. So I was trying to figure out all these different combinations of words that I could be using. And surprisingly, a lot of domain names were taken of what I wanted. So I figured, well, I guess I'm going to have to be a little creative. And as I'm typing out uh, all these different combination of words, one of them was an actual uh, double typing of the W. I mean, not the W, the Y. And it was definitely came from like, well, that's kind of interesting because I, I got excited because it wasn't taken. But I also realized like, oh, here's why it wasn't taken because it's literally a typo. And then I figured it's literally a typo of yeah, the word. That's awesome. Now I figured like, and it kind of it was a little problematic at first because I figured like, oh, is people gonna pronounce this correctly? Because it's kind of weird to see two Y's next to each other that's never been used in the English, you know, dictionary, or maybe there is, I don't know. But anyway, and I tried to figure out, man, can people pronounce this? And I'm very fortunate that after some testing with all these uh, people in my life in college everyone pronounced it correctly the first time. And now I figured, okay, I'm definitely onto something here. And right. I can definitely say for all my years of doing that, I've never heard anyone mispronounce it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how many years have you been doing it? I've been doing this for five years now. Yeah. A lot of it has been on and off because I was doing it during college. And it was it was definitely a side hobby at first. Right. Because I was doing a lot of other things in college because I was also freelance graphic design. So I always figured like typo prints was going to be my savior for anything that goes wrong in my life <laughs> because it's always, it was always going to be the source of income. It was always going to be there for me because I've gotten uh, several layoffs in my career. Okay. Yeah. I've always had to, uh, always had like part-time jobs. The actual, the longest time I've had a full-time job was three months. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. But one thing, yeah, I know it's, it was always just a constant uh, struggle of, always just finding work and never really feeling um i I just never really felt um secure with my financial and my career going forward just because it was always felt like a constant setback of where am i heading right yeah and i'll blame you Mm -hmm. if it's only three months was the longest that can't make you feel secure about putting your future in someone else's hands so it makes sure makes sense that you do something yourself yeah and that's and that's why i love about type of prince because i knew type of prince would never leave me it would you know nothing bad would happen to it unless i purposely did it and i knew what happened because the problem about the layoffs is it was always you know you know like a client they lost a major client or the housing market crashed or something like that, like that. It was always out of my hands or whatever, some horrible thing that happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now if something horrible happens, there's nobody to blame, but you, right. That's the beauty of owning yeah. your own business. Yeah. You know, but unlike, but, but I take full responsibility and I, I will figure out actually how that happens. And that's the reason why I'm always just so, I'm so positive about my business about it. So sure. I don't see that as a negative setback at all. So I'm curious. I, I get, you know, I've worked with graphic designers in my career, so I understand how you'd create the design file that then gets printed. But then, what do you what do you print it on? Is it like a print? Is it a canvas? Um, how do you how do you deliver the end product to the consumer? Yeah, these are printed on a 10.3 millimeter thick uh, paper. It's used uh, specifically for um, sustainability so that's the reason why it's a lot more thicker than a new normal piece of paper 
but it's also uh, very light, so it doesn't, you know, break down on your walls. Sure. So that's kind of like the, the medium balance of the paper of it. Okay. And does it come framed, or then whoever gets it can do whatever they want to frame it? Uh, it comes. Fr- it can come framed, but it can also be unframed if you want. Nice. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so do you do the printing, or do you outsource it to somebody? Yes, I outsource the printing to a local printer. That's cool. So you keep it local then, because you said you were yes. in, you're in Washington State, right? Yes, I am. I'm from, yep, I'm from Tacoma, Washington. So you get to keep it local, which is cool. So yes. Um, and then I saw on your mm-hmm. website that shipping's free, so that's a bonus. And really, it was reasonably priced. I mean, that's a some of these larger sites. You know, they've got cool stuff, but if you go get something from Iconic, which I'm sure is one of your competitors, you're paying a hundred bucks for a canvas, and that's that's hefty. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, because uh, canvas is definitely um, more expensive to manufacture. Right. The, the processing is a lot more difficult, and the weight of of uh, their thickness of their paper is a lot more. Sure. So, will you do if somebody has a special request? Do you ever do like a custom design, like a one-off? Um, yes, I actually do offer um, custom designs. Yep, if if we're requested. Cool. We might have to talk then. I might need a custom Relis to Journey print that I can get get going for my studio here. That'd be cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Sure thing. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned it before that you you mentioned something about you staying positive and having a good outlook on your business. How is that hard? You you, you deal in motivation, right? It's but it's mm-hmm. gotta be hard to always be the guy that's upbeat and motivated. How do you how do you sort of turn yourself into a dreamer and a doer while you're trying to focus on building a business. One thing about that is I'm realistic. So I'm, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm positive. Like I'm motivational. I'm, I see the problems and I get towards it. But I, if, uh, if anyone who knows me say I'm actually, uh, can be pretty, uh, realistic in the sense of, I know what is gonna can happen and what can't happen. So I would say I'm pretty grounded in my abilities of what can I can't do, especially making like deadlines, uh, ideas into reality. So that's definitely a big strong force. Sure. And my ability of my outlook of what I, of what is possible for me. So what do you think is possible for you? Where do you see this going in the future? Like what's the, what's the five year plan for Nick Mann and typo prints? Yeah, uh, I definitely don't uh, don't see myself just only doing prints. Uh, I can definitely see myself expanding more into um, other types of print products. Uh, I can do. Uh, I could even go into canvas. I, that's definitely an option. Uh, other things like apparel, I can always get my designs onto uh, t-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants. Really, the it's it's more just about uh, figuring out the right manufacturer that does it for the right uh, quality of the price. So I always like to try to accommodate everything that goes around with that. Sure. Yeah, and then it's mm-hmm. the, you know, do you drop ship or do you maintain inventory? And then does it make sense with your margins? There's a lot that goes into the apparel side mm-hmm. to actually make money. There's plenty of people that just open up an Instagram page and say, hey, I have an apparel company, but it's another thing to do it at scale. Yes, and I believe that's a, definitely a difficulty with other um, companies who do that is because they they are always trying to do what everyone else is doing and not necessarily doing the scaling of what people want and then being able to capitalize that and move on to other things. Right. 
So what do you think people want? What's been your most popular design that people keep coming back to? Yes, my most uh, popular is the like arrows print. I can't necessarily remember the uh, top of my head just because it was actually one of the longer quotes. But man, people love the idea of how it's like the meaning of it is like how you bring your arrows into your quiver and how that's more skill towards your life about what you're using so that you have more arrows to use from. And that's essentially the meaning of the light prints. Yeah, I like cool. arrows prints. Sure. Yeah. And so where do you come up with that? Where do you draw your inspiration to then come up with that design? A lot of my design uh, quotes I've, I try to find is uh, just other what, what other people like, especially on Pinterest or uh, Instagram. And I try to think, you know, and usually they're always just very blank, like Helvetica font on a white background. And it's always plain like that. And I always try to think, what's a better way to present that into a, a unique and original experience? So have you ever gotten in trouble from somebody saying, hey, wait a second, you took my Instagram quote and made it into this thing. You know, you can't do that. Have you gotten any of that? Uh, no, because usually uh, the quotes are always derivative of other quotes. Gotcha. And also uh, also um, quotes uh, cannot be copyrighted. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I do. Learn, I have learned though that you can. You gotta be very careful about um, quotes from movies because it's not necessarily from the movie, but it's written down in a script, and that script is copyrighted. Gotcha. That makes sense. So you can't just copyright the spoken word, but if it's mm-hmm. read from a speech or something that's written down mm-hmm. that is copyrighted, then they gotcha. Yeah, like I try to. Uh, do some Game of Thrones inspired prints and man, the amount of copyright for all the dialogue and characters, it made it too difficult to use. So oh, I had sure. to, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I had to move on. Yeah. I'm sure those would sell though. Even just like <sighs> they would, and especially when, uh, what, what to work with too, because there's so many great things about Game of Thrones with their imagery to work with. So yeah, it definitely would, but I would have to purchase a license and, it would have been very difficult to work all of that together. Right. Yeah, you'd always, or you'd have to do like, you'd have to do a derivative. You could probably can say a Lannister always pays his debts. You could just say like, like always pays his debts or something, like truncate it and then have a picture of somebody or, you know, them dead and you say he paid his debts, <laughs> you know, something, but then it loses a little bit of its impact. Yeah, I know. And that's that's the problem is like to to do it in a way that's not copyrighted and then it loses his ability of being able to identify it. So I always felt like very forced and not, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't seem uh, or so, you know, original based. Right. And if you have to explain it like I just did, it's it's not worth doing. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and to expect anyone else to get it, you know, what right. they have in their homes and like someone's going to like look at that and go, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So you said you do custom stuff. What's what's been the weirdest thing somebody asked you to put on a print? Uh, I wouldn't say nothing's really been weird. A lot of it is just uh, I would say some people have wanted uh, to be a little too uncreative, and what I mean by that is that they really were just like, I want my te- a black text on a white background, and that's it. And there's nothing there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I just think like, oh, that's kind of boring. Right. Like, are you sure? You know, like, uh, you know, you can see my other designs. I can do a lot more than that. Right. Like, are you sure? And they're always like, oh, no, that's okay. I'm like, oh, okay. So that that's pretty much as far as the weird as it gets. Right. No, that's, so it's not really weird. It's just it it, uh, it offends your design sensibilities. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. I know. Let me have some fun. I, I know. 
I know. It's like, uh, when, when, yeah, when you, when people want to get custom prints, you know, you would think like, Hey, I want to maximize the amount of value I can get out of this person. Right. So do you do an upcharge for custom prints versus what you already have as a stock piece? Yes, I do. I figured. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's gotta be a good moneymaker though. Yep. Uh, yeah. And also, uh, I'm very generous about the policies of it. Like I, I like to do revisions to it too, when you're ha- when people are happy. So that's good. Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. I, I'm hoping I can send some more people your way. Um, I'm curious now to transition a little bit. You and I met through a mastermind group, um, mm-hmm. through Strivent Coaching, our, our buddy Dennis. I'm curious. I know how I found Dennis or he found me. What was your, you know, what was your journey into that group? How did you find it and, and come to be there? Yes. Um, so, it came from me just being down uh, constantly every day of where I wanted to be in life and where I wanted to be typo prints. And I figured, hey, maybe it's time I start, talk- I start talking to a, uh, a business coach about what other problems I'm seeing that I'm not. And I, I was in a part of a Facebook group that was very entrepreneurial based and it, it was huge. It, it has over 20,000 members. Oh wow. And I just, yeah, I just shot out, Hey, I think I'm ready for a business coach. And you know, is there anyone out there? And uh, <laughs> there's nothing else where a lot, I would say I got over 20 uh, messages and I was shifting through all of them each and every day. And that was a very big undertaking. I'm talking sure. to like, yeah. talking to like five business coaches a day. And each one was saying something like they were specialized in something different or they wanted to be go to a different direction. Like one wanted, wanted to be to go into organic uh, marketing of make, of uh, creating content and naturally growing. Some of their people were about paid content, like just spend money on Facebook ads and stuff like that. And it was very like, I don't know which direction to go. It was very difficult. And one of them was Dennis. So what, what, and was, what was Dennis's pitch to you? Dennis, Dennis was actually, um, a lot of them went quickly to the phone call to be able to talk. Dennis was a lot of um, text messages through um, through uh, Facebook Messenger. Okay. So I was able to quickly uh, understand what he was personally about and we how we were connecting. And, uh, and then he talked, uh, then we got on the phone and he talked about his group of how he has um, with five other people. And it was a mastermind group. And it was unlike the other pitches where it was always like a one-on-one coaching. And I figured, huh, that's really interesting. And he talked to me uh, and he told me about the group, of what the process that they do. And it definitely was like anyone else's. So I definitely wanted to hear more of what he was saying. Until then, that's when I was realize like Dennis is going to be the person for me. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Similarly, I found him through this app um, that I use to try to find podcast guests. Um, it's sort of like Tinder for networking. It's called Shaper. It's S H A P R. And you create a profile and you load up what you're about and the people you're looking to connect with. You can swipe left or right, just like you would on a dating app. And then if you match, then you can start going back and forth. And so he and I started going back and forth on the app and then went to a phone call. And it was funny because I've spent a good portion of my career working with salespeople 
And so when he started asking me leading questions that were getting me to say yes, I'm like, wait a second. I thought I was trying to get this guy my podcast. I think he's trying to sell me something right now. And then he led into, you know, the whole thing with the group and joining it. And I love the idea too. I mean, I, I've always oh, yeah. been I've, I've been in sports my whole life, right? So I love that idea of being on a team, and that's sort of what it feels like we've we've gotten with our group is that it's like your teammates. You got to show up to practice every Monday night and go over the playbook, and you don't want to let everybody down. And that's a great source of accountability, more so I think you know, like you said, more than just a one on one would provide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that also stood out to me from Dennis is his voice. Oh, yeah. He was definitely. Yeah, it was definitely the most calming and sincere voice, like out of all the other business coaches. So that's also what really, um, really uh, factored that he was definitely the person for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's neat. I'm sure he'd like to know that. Um, I never really think of it that way, but you're right. I mean, that's a huge, if you can't see him and all, all you had was the text back and forth if he sounded really aggressive, it probably would have turned you yeah, off. Yeah, but I definitely, yeah, there was definitely a few aggressive coaches, yeah. which I'm not necessarily opposing them. I just feel like they were probably a little too black and white for me. Sure. Yeah, he even mentioned that talking about Jocko Willink, right, and how black mm-hmm. and white he mm-hmm. is. You need a couple I of know. shades of gray. I know. Like, like, I appreciate the message, but I don't know if he's necessary for me because of how black and white he is. Sure. So, yeah, he definitely reminded me of those business coaches that I don't feel like I would have connected as well right that's interesting so what's been i think we're what five or six weeks into it right so what's Mm -hmm. been your biggest takeaway your your favorite part about the whole thing besides what we already mentioned so far oh man uh there was a lot really i think one of the most um impactful things about it it was understanding that you really need to take care of your body as well as your business because if you can be uh, successful with your, you know, you can have some working out and having a discipline with that, you can do that for your business. And I can definitely say uh, going five to six weeks in, uh, I already feel it. Oh, yeah? Because That's I, awesome. Yep. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I would say, I mean, I don't actually take control of my weight by any means, so I don't, I can't tell you like any numbers, but I definitely feel leaner. That's I definitely great. feel like I have more energy and my weights don't feel as heavy. So I definitely feel, I absolutely can tell you, I feel progress. That's awesome. So what do you, mm-hmm. you meant said weights, is that you mean you've been doing is lifting? Uh, I do a mix. It kind of depends uh, uh, on my, how I feel on my body. Like I always try to run every morning and then I do mostly kettlebell workouts. But sometimes uh, I can be a little too sore from that and I would do a, like workouts without weights sure and and every like every two three days i would do yoga oh nice mm-hmm. yeah it's a good mix those kettlebells are no joke man you start throwing those things around and then the next day i, I hear you you can be real sore i know and it's so funny like uh, i have one that's uh 35 pounds like it doesn't sound heavy but when you oh, lift no, it with that's one a heavy arm, one it, it, yeah that's it a heavy feels one. heavy yeah that's awesome well i'm glad it's working out for you and i totally agree i was always one where it was like that cliche of, oh, sleep when I'm dead and grind, hustle, hashtag, and all that shit, you know? Uh, and because that's all you see. It's like the the glamorous side of it. And then you're like, why do I feel like crap? Why am I tired all the time? Why am I not performing at the level that I want to? It's because you're, like you said, you're not, you got to take care of you first before you can take care of your business or your family or your personal relationships, anything. And I, so I agree with you. That's been my biggest takeaway is, I started the thing with my goal being very specific to this podcast 
And I said in one of the most recent calls, I feel like I put that on the shelf and it's like, I'm just worrying about me as a human right now, trying to get right with myself. And then I'll come back to really a formal strategy or whatever I can to grow this. But I just, you know, I've not ever really taken that approach before. So that's been huge for me. It's well worth the investment of the group for sure. Mm -hmm. I definitely do feel like it's a domino effect too, because it enhances your confidence, enhances uh, the ability, how people see you. Because unfortunately, you know, even though we're no longer in school, we definitely have these little uh, biases of how we feel about when we see certain people until we actually know them. So like this is overly, um, when we see like an overweight person, you know, a lot of people think, oh, he's lazy or he, you know, he's, he has no sense of control. And then you look at someone that's fit, you know, like the rock, you know, like that guy gets things done and stuff like that. You know, that isn't necessarily always the case, but it definitely is on the back of my, a lot of people's minds though. Yeah, it's a great point. It's one I don't often think about, but you're absolutely right. And like you said about Dennis and his voice, even when they can't see you, um, the way you sound matters. And so if you sound tired or you sound upset or aggressive, like some of those coaches, it can work against you. Or if you sound super fit and like energized and they see you in person and the voice doesn't match the body because you're doing the opposite of what we're talking about. It's, that's a great mm-hmm. point. People definitely, you know, we're animals at the end of the day, right? We, we make snap judgments <laughs> for whatever reason we're programmed to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Cong- cognitive biases are definitely a real thing and they're, and it's always, you know, so mentally focused and we may not even know when we're doing it. That's the scary part. Yeah, you're right. Because we don't know when we're doing it until someone points it out to us. Like I never really thought about doing it until you just said it, and now I have awareness to it. And so I'll probably think about it the next time it happens. But you're right. it's The brain's a crazy thing, man. It's like 2 million years old or something, right? And it's doing stuff we don't even realize it's doing. Yeah, and it's and society's moving so fast with technology, and our, our brain is you know trying to cope with it all. So it's definitely, you know, at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're cavemen living in the future, so to speak. <laughs> I love that. That'd be a good print, man. Caveman living in the future. I have a caveman with like an Instagram thing up on his phone or something sitting in a cave. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, that sounds like um, something Joe Rogan would get. <laughs> there you go. You could send him one. Talking about influencers, right? Get Joe Rogan posting your canvas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'd be huge. <laughs> Uh, that would be huge. Oh, man, you'd probably break my bank, though. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, and so going back to the business a little bit, um, when you started telling your friends and family, like, hey, I'm getting laid off. I got these jobs that aren't really consistent. I'm going all in on typo prints. Did you hit <clears throat> any sort of backlash from everybody where people were like, man, you're crazy? Or was everybody real supportive? Um, pretty much my mom is the only one who's not necessarily supportive. Everyone else, like you have the ability to do it. They are able to see the work I put in on these prints. They see the other people who have been successful, who are not as good as printmakers as me. So they think, Hey, you know, this person's better. Why, why shouldn't he be success- successful? And that's kind of uh, where it is. But the thing is with my mom is, She's definitely my hardest critic. And it's kind of funny because usually when you think of uh, your mom, you think of this sweet, uh, sweet lady that feels like you can always, you can never do anything wrong. Well, my mom is kind of the opposite of that. She will always uh, see what's the worst that can happen. And she will make sure that is known all the time. 
And so I definitely do take pride in hearing what she says about my prints or what I'm doing, because even though she can be pretty uh, criticism about it, but it definitely comes from a well-hearted place, though. So it's not it's always constructive. Sure. It's never mean just for the sake of being mean. Well, that's important. And yeah, yeah no, I definitely I, I definitely have improved a lot of the prints that I felt that weren't up to her par. And I realized that, yeah, they were also, also were the least that people were looking at, too. So she definitely, even though she's not a designer herself, she definitely knows when uh, a design is good or bad. Right. She could be, she's your uh, creative director at times, so huh? She <laughs> knows <laughs> yeah. what she likes. So what's, people that have been supportive, what, what was a really good piece of advice that somebody gave you before you set out on this journey? Uh, one uh, that always struck out to me was actually from a random person on Twitter. I can't remember exactly the, the telling of how he came across one of my Twitter posts, but he told me, he looked at my gra- graphic design work when I was freelancing. And he says, wow, you are a visual problem solver. And I figured, huh, that is what I do. And that's what always stuck to me. So, and it's always at the... On my personal email with all the freelancing I do, it's always at the the footer of my of my signature is always I'm your your visual problem solver, and that stuck with me ever since. So I uh, about when I was in college, so so it's been there since then. Yeah, I love that saying. That's I've never heard anyone describe like any sort of graphic design that way, but that's absolutely true. Is there's some sort of a design problem or a branding problem? And it needs to be solved through the creation of something. And so that's – I really like that a lot. That's that's awesome. And you're smart to put that on your email because that's going to resonate with a business owner or a marketing director or somebody that has a visual problem that needs to be solved that they're going to latch onto that for sure. Yeah, and it, it really puts in a nutshell what graphic design does because – also, when I was um, telling people about uh, what I did at, at college, a lot of people would be like kind of confused and not really know exactly what that means. So they would be thinking like, oh, that's something with video games. Like, mm, no, you're probably thinking of like graphic programming. So anyways, they always try to associate that with graphics and stuff like that with like 3D modeling, which is definitely not what I do right. because I only worked in 2D pro, uh, marketing. Sure. But I can see that mm-hmm. for the person that's not familiar with marketing, when you think, think like a graphics card for the computer, you know, gaming mm-hmm. can come into that for sure. But interesting. Okay. So I'll flip it back then. I'll flip the question. Mm-hmm. If, if you come across somebody who's like, hey, Nick, you're so successful. You've built this awesome business with Typo Prints. I'm looking to do something similar, you know, blank. What's going to be the advice that you give that person who's in your shoes from five years ago when you got into this? Is definitely get as much feedback on your uh, arts or design as much as possible because that's ultimately what makes or breaks your business. And you can't you can't always go by what you like because you're not always who you are with your target market. Because like most of my target market is women, so and it can be kind of a struggle to get inside their mindset because they are the ones who love to decorate their house the most. So and I realized that some of my designs tend to be more feminine. And it was able to resonate with them more and thus being able to get more sales. So that was definitely the biggest uh, epiphany for me why I wanted to go with typo prints. 
And a lot of that was just for feedback of what works and what doesn't. You know, how can something be improved? And never to be in that vacuum. That's that's the biggest thing I can really just come, come down to is don't don't make your design work in, inside a vacuum. That's great advice. And sometimes that's hard for any artist. You know, I've worked with a lot of artists, be it painters or photographers or videographers, graphic people. Some of them get really protective over what they create. So it's an important thing to really yeah. get past, like you said, get out of the vacuum, but not also not have your ego attached to it to be able to take that advice. No, oh, man, they're definitely have, I've definitely have seen some uh, uh, egos being a problem with other designers. Um, see, I can't really per- say per- uh, on myself because I always love feedback. That was actually one of the biggest struggles was always trying to get feedback. I always felt like I never got enough because I would always be hearing like if I would show all my prints uh, to, uh, to different people, I'm always hearing, I like this print, I like this print, and they're all different prints. No one, and there's not, you know, you would think that there's an 80-20 rule where, you know, 20% of my prints get 80% of the sales. It's actually not like that at all. It's it's a lot more evenly um, disputed, and it can be pretty difficult to which ones should I market then. And I, I feel like I'm kind of... Um, Driving off of your original question, no, so my okay. apologies. No, you don't apologize. It's all yeah. very interesting. Um, what do you think some, is something that people, like going down that rabbit hole, right? What's something that most people you think assume about someone that has a business like yours that really isn't the case? You know, they build it up to be X, but it's really Y. Um, some people think that I can do, um, marketing collateral printing, like I need a brochure or business cards. And I always have to uh, tell them that I'm only, um, for residential decoration. That's definitely one I get a lot. Sure. So is that, and that's a conscious choice, right? Cause if you wanted to, you could go out and find a source for business cards, I'm guessing. Right. But mm-hmm. It's, it's got a. Does that is that hard sometimes to say no to money? Like, hey, I want to give you money to do this, and you have to say, nope, I'm good. I only do this. I know. I'll admit that it did cross my mind, but the problem with that is, I would have to create a separate business for that, and I just don't have the time or passion to do it, and I can't do that for an extension of typo prints because they're just completely two different markets too to try to be able to congregate that together inside one brand. Right. So I figured I'm just going to let the other, you know, printers be able to sort that out. You know, I can definitely, you know, point the right direction of ones I use, but as far as actually trying to capitalize it, uh, it's just, it's not in my realm to, to do. Sure. Well, I think you're, you're smart to do that because it's really easy to get swept up in being everything to anyone, but it, it, it takes, some courage to really make that that hard line and then pursue that yeah. and to be really great at that instead of kind of good at a lot of things. So I give you credit for holding it strong. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, especially when you're starting out and you need cash flow, it definitely can be a struggle to be able to say no to certain things that you know you could do, but you know it's not the right thing to do. Right. So I ask this question to everybody. And it's super open-ended, so it's okay if you take a little bit of time to think about it. But okay. your life on this planet so far is <laughs> so personal stuff and then everything you've put into building this business. How would you describe all of it in three words? Wow. Well, one of the, one of the words I definitely would choose is creative. Everything is created for something. 
whether it's Mother Nature or being manufactured by human, everything that we see and do has all been created by something. Sure. That's a good one. Very fitting with the theme of this episode here. Mm -hmm. Another one is I'm definitely going to have to go with uh, Magical. I think there definitely is a lot of things that are, we're still trying to figure out about this world, about how AL came to be. Yeah, I love that. That's the first time I've gotten the word magical, but that's great. That's a, I'm with you, man. It, there really is – it's like that sense of wonder, right? The things you can't explain, yeah. but they're joyous that are all around us. So that's a great – that's a great word yeah, to describe like, it. I, yeah, like, uh, like I even try to think of like – thinking so far deep into your like your earliest memory and like what that was and why it was that and why you can't remember anything before that i i think about that that question a lot to be honest yeah that's i think about you're speaking my language right now because i'm one of those like crazy guys like you <laughs> that thinks about weird stuff all the time and you say it out loud to people and they're like what the hell's wrong with you why are you thinking about <laughs> <laughs> you know what's your first memory like just watch tv but I get it, man. My mind goes through those rabbit holes too. But you're right. Why? Why do you remember that one thing and nothing else? You know, what was it about that moment that had an imprint on your mind that you can still remember it? It goes back to our brain conversation, right? We have no idea why. We probably will never know. It's magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my last word to uh, describe describe everything here is um, I'm going to have to say is um, for me personally, I'm going to have to go with passion. I feel like, I know I can't say this for everyone in this world, but for me, everything I do is based on my passion and not about any monetary reasons or any other, uh, you know, factors that are based on what I, what brings me enjoyment, what right. brings me satisfaction of what I want to do with my time. Sure. Yeah, it's something I had said this past week in the Mastermind, right? We were talking about non-negotiables, and I love that idea, and I just had the realization that I could put all of mine into happiness. Like that's going to be my new non-negotiable is I'm going to be happy, whatever that means, happy in work, happy in personal life, happy in the food I eat or, you know, the workout I do. If it doesn't make me happy, why am I doing it? And just bringing it back to that. So having passion is one of those things that's going to make you happy is doing what you're passionate about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to, ca- <laughs> to further capitalize on that, I can definitely say like with the whole art print industry, I'll definitely say is if you're in it for the money, don't do it. I'll <laughs> yeah. definitely say this is 100% passionate because sure. you're selling art. Art is a hard sell because everyone's going to have their own opinion and you're always going to be going after feedback. And it can definitely hurt, break you down when you do something that you spend hours creating and then it never turns out to anything or people dislike it or stuff like that. And some people can get really attached to that. So I definitely say is don't go in it for the money. It, it, you not to say that there isn't money to be made, but you're going to be going through some dark times. And to go through that, you have to be passionate to be able to go through that. Sure. Absolutely. Okay, this is the last question, and then I'm going to give you a chance to ask me a couple of questions if you have any. Um, when I've talked to you before this, you mentioned you've done a few podcasts. And I'm just curious, somebody that's done several podcasts, several interviews, you talked, you've talked about your business quite a lot. What's one question, question you always wish somebody would ask you, but they never have? Oh, um, one question I always, uh, I always like to talk about the most is, um, the design process of my prints. All right. So let's talk about it. 
Okay, okay. So I can't even do a uh, uh, breakdown of when you see a really good quote and you try to think where are some things that you can connect that with. And and I don't like to try to be the obvious. When I see a quote that has a door in it, now it's always obvious to have a door, but is there more to a door that you can do? You know, is a door opening up to a different world? Is a door opening up a mind? You know, and you always try to think what are different ways that you incorporate that into typography, which is the study of using lettering of words. And you try to, it's all about connecting things. And that's, that's all about what creativity is. So being able to understand what things that work together and not together, especially with color, um, certain different fonts, because there's uh, sans serif, serif, slab, scripts, and not all of them work together, but some definitely absolutely do. And it's about kind of understanding which ones that do and don't. And there is a little bit of creativity and gut feeling to really know the difference, even though there's definitely a lot of guides that can really help you if you if you want to figure out how to Google it, that that can really explain it a little bit better than I can because they kind of go into like scientific details of the patterns and sure. dimensions that always work together. But I definitely say is that's kind of like the difference between a good designer and a great designer is their typography of understanding the difference between all that and like what works together. Right. So there's really like a science behind it that most people don't realize. It's not just it's mm-hmm. a mix of science and art. That creates the yeah. magic to to give you one of your words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's definitely some fonts that like are not made to be all capital letters, and I cringe vis- uh, visibly hard whenever I see an artwork <laughs> that does that. And you can t- and you can kind of tell the reason why being is because there every capital letter is going to have a it's going to have a a space between it and. A, there's a the space between the letters called kerning and one thing that really upsets uh designers the most is when the kerning is uneven and with certain fonts that use capital letters they're not necessarily made for that and that's the reason why they're gonna have uneven kerning huh. interesting that makes sense though but yeah i guess mm-hmm. you can't put a disclaimer on every single font in you know microsoft word <laughs> so yeah i know i expect everyone to at the mercy. go and use it yeah that's interesting that's cool. Yeah, and there's yeah, and there's also some other things like uh, some some fonts are used way more than others, and some like so much to the point it feels um, like you're. It's like saying the most obvious quote that everyone knows, like whatever Steve Jobs or Gandhi quote, and it's just bland when you see it so many times. Uh, I would say like usually a lot of the default fonts like uh, Comic Sans, Impact, uh, Roboto. You know, they're just used so often that they kind of lose any kind of magic. Sure. So what's your favorite font? Favorite go-to font is uh, Futura. And uh, the reason why it's Futura, because it is possibly the most flexible font to ever be used in anywhere, where it's for print, digital, reading as a headline, reading as a small paragraph or a disclaimer. Uh it works for you can even work it for like formal letters. You can work it for informal letters, like a birthday party or stuff like that. It's it's probably one of the most used fonts for every single purpose. It's pretty close to it. Cool. I'll check it out. I'll take that recommendation. So, all right, your turn. I've asked all the questions. It's only fair. I'll give you three. You get three questions. You can ask me if you have any, and if you don't, that's cool too. You don't have to. But I'll give you the option. Okay. Um, yeah. One question would be: um, 
where do you see yourself go, uh, going in five years with your podcast? I have no idea. <laughs> this is what I joined the mastermind for and I put on the shelf. Um, I need to add more structure to it. It's I called it Relish the Journey because I wanted it to be vague and I didn't want to be tied down to like, oh, I'm doing a podcast about – you know, just graphic design, for example, right? The topic we're talking about. I love how each episode is a completely different topic, but it can be a little bit hard to build an audience when they have no idea what to expect week to week of what they're going to be listening to, you know? So mm -hmm. I need to create some more of it. Um, in five years, I'm going to guess my prediction will be I'll have more than one. I mean, this has been my pet project and something I've used to learn. Now they understand what it is, how to do it, how to interview I just foresee myself getting more involved in the podcasting world and could see myself on different shows and, you know, broadening my horizons. So we'll see. I'm not a huge planner. I mean, that's something I'm hoping to get out of the mastermind too. And the spreadsheet we have to fill out is helping. I've always kind of been a show up and work hard and what happens happens kind of person, but definitely need to, you know, really be the architect of my own, you know, next five years and not just have it happen to me, you know? So that's, Mm -hmm. definitely need to yep. work on that question yeah one thing i definitely have been try, uh, done in the past is try to um, have time blocks of all the work and things i need to get done throughout the day and i realized that it was always so difficult to be able to really contribute all my time to this one effort because other things would be happening like my dog would get sick from eating too many treats um, or my, uh, you know, my neighbor has to help get the groceries inside because she's an old lady, you know, stuff like that, that always happens and you can never really anticipate these things to happen. Right. Yeah. So that's the reason why it was always so, it's always been so difficult to really structure my day because I never really know even what I'm going to get in my email box, um, <laughs> the next sure. morning. Sure. That's a fair point. You know, like I would, I would get like some person who wants uh, to have uh, some design work and some of that design work could be, you know, so simple as like they want an icon or it could be so huge that they want a full rebranding of a website. Yeah. And then, and then your day gets blown up from there, right? You have to react. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I cannot, I can never anticipate this. So that's the reason why I can never really pinpoint exactly what I'm going to be doing like every moment of my life for the next week. Sure. Because my, my email is pretty much going to dictate what's going to happen. Gotcha. Well, as long as it pays the bills still, right? That, that's a, yep. That works. Well, that's a good first question. You got any more? You got two more. Two more to use. Okay. I'm going to have to say, uh, ask, uh, what is your personal philosophy? That's a great question. I don't say that lightly. I really like that one. That's a thinker. My personal philosophy, wow. I could be corny and say relish the journey, but I won't because uh, that's actually not even. That's one of my friend's philosophies. That's where I got the name. Man, um, my personal philosophy. Man, you're making me look deep inside, Nick. Mm -hmm. Well, what's yours? Do you have one? I could buy myself some time and flip it on you. What's your personal okay, philosophy? Okay. Uh, my personal philosophy really is to – uh, mine is ready to be dispassionate about everything you do. And if it's not, then I don't do it. Or I try to find some way to get it done by uh, via other means, either by delegation 
or trying to see like is it something that could be either changed or just be removed sure so mm-hmm. i would say so that's that that's definitely the goal of where i want my life to go where i only do what what makes me passionate right no that's great and i can echo that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to be more like that um i would say right now my philosophy i guess i could sum it up as you know to serve others uh, I really do find joy out of helping people, helping people, you know, accomplish what it is that makes them happy, what makes them passionate, you know, uh, helping them reach their goals. I do find I, I love it when people accomplish what they want to be accomplished and I can play a role in that. And I also just love helping people, be it, you know, helping my wife around the house or helping my parents or something, or my sisters or something or people at work. Um, I get happiness out of other people's happiness by, you know, serving others. So that's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. All right. Drum roll. You get to have the final question of the entire podcast here. What do you want to hit me with and end it on? My, my final question is, is you can interview with anyone in the world. Who would it be? Oh, great question. And that was actually a goal I had um, from the mastermind. I set for myself about setting that stretch guest that – you know, I'm just, there's no way in hell on paper they would ever do this podcast, you know, but I love it. Um, and I'm going to go with, his name is Alex Benayan, and he's the author of the book, The Third Door, that Dennis actually recommended to me. And that was just a pivotal, bo- pivotal book for me in the past couple months, where it just was really helpful in kicking off like this newfound mindset I have. And I just love to talk to him more about his story and him writing the book and things he's learned because his whole premise for writing that book was a, very similar to my whole premise for starting the podcast. So he would be someone I'd love to have a phone call with an interview. Oh, have, wow. Have you read that book? No, no, I haven't. Oh, I recommend that book, man. That's a great book. It's called The Third Door. And it's really a a book about his journey to write a book, right? So – he wanted, oh, that's pretty meta. Yeah, he wanted to interview people like Bill Gates and these super highly successful people, but take their piece of advice for like our generation, younger people. And it's his story of how he made it happen. He made it happen, but it was like a decade long process to make it happen and his ups and downs and how he got there. And it was just a really, really, really cool book. So I recommend that mm-hmm. to him after you. Finish Mr. Black and White Jocko. You can check out The Third Door. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Nick, I really appreciate your time this evening and sharing your story with me and, and the good people of the world here. And I'll make sure we link up to all your stuff so people can find more of you and order some prints. Yeah, that's wonderful. Definitely like to help you guys out with uh... – your needs of the walls of inspiration. Yeah, I like it. And we'll be turning dreamers into doers. Through motivational prints. There you go. All right, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Relish the Journey. Thank you all for listening, and thank you to Nick for being our guest this week. Be sure to check out the episode notes for links to all of Nick's social media sites. And his website is typoprints.com. That's T-Y-Y-P-O prints.com. Also on the episode notes, Nick was nice enough and generous enough to share a special promo code for all of you Relish to Journey listeners. So if you're curious about his prints and want to get your hands on some, use this promo code to save a few bucks. So thanks again to Nick and thanks again to all of you 
like, subscribe, follow, all the things. Keep us going. And until next time, cheers. <laughs>